Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on September 21st, 2022. It's truly my hope that we all meditate on God's Word every day. And if we do, it'll help us live into our church's vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. One more thing before we begin. Hadn't mentioned it in a while, but don't forget about Bible Project, BibleProject.com. Their resources have been a huge factor in my overall understanding of God's Word. The importance of cultural and historical context cannot be overstated, and Bible Project has been a huge impact on putting the Bible in perspective for me. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Most merciful God and creator of all, you sent your Son to reveal your kingdom to us. In your kingdom there is no favoritism. And in through the actions of Jesus and the words of Jesus, we know that he came to serve, not to be served. With the help of your Holy Spirit, help us to be humble servants of yours. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Okay, so today we're going to talk about favoritism. I'll start with the short reflection of my family life growing up and then we'll look at an Old Testament reading and several New Testament passages. Our Old Testament reading is a prophecy from the book of Isaiah, one of my favorite books in the Old Testament. One of our New Testament readings is God showing his unsolicited favor to Mary, and another New Testament reading highlights a couple of the disciples asking for Jesus to show them favoritism. You know, competition among friends and our families can be a healthy thing. But it can also be un unhealthy when someone is looking for a special recognition or favoritism, if you will, over or at the expense of others. As most of you know, I'm the oldest of five boys. While there probably was some competition among us boys, I think our mom and dad, along with Gamma, raised us to know the importance of not showing favoritism and not allowing unhealthy competition. Well, not, not to point too perfect a picture of our family, we did have some moments, and it was usually centered around our dining table. As I recall, our everyday dining table was not fancy. As a matter of fact, it was handmade by our dad, and I remember it being made from a wooden door with four metal legs. I do remember most of the complaining was about one of the other boys got a larger portion of food. We would use the famous statement, it's not fair. That's when daddy would bring out his postage scales that were accurate to a half an ounce. Yep, he would weigh out individual portions of food to make sure there was no favoritism given. Fast forward to now, we have, have a rather large extended family and we try to get together at least twice a year for a long weekend together. One thing that is obvious at our family get-togethers is the lack of unhealthy competition among us. 
We may take it for granted, but it truly is a gift that was imparted to us during our young and formative years. I thank God that our mom, our dad, and Gamma shared that gift with us. So we're going to start, we're going to talk a little bit about Isaiah. He was a major prophet in the Bible, and his major prophecies occurred about 700 years before the birth of Jesus. I think that's just amazing. Now, the authorship of Isaiah continues to be debated, debated among biblical scholars, but regardless of who authored the words, I truly believe they were spirit-inspired and spoken by the prophet Isaiah. The book of Isaiah has been referred to as the Gospel of the Old Testament. Listen to the short reading from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Now, of importance here, Emmanuel means God with us. Now, we know from this prophecy that it's not going to be an ordinary birth of a little baby boy. It's going to be an extraordinary birth of our Savior. Our next reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 30. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Well, how did Mary become highly favored? Was hers a transactional relationship with God where she had done something to curry God's favor? And in turn, she was going to be the mother of the Savior of the world? God sent the angel Gabriel to announce this to Mary. And quite frankly, she was caught completely off guard. She was troubled and afraid. In the New Testament, there is nothing about Mary's birth, death, appearance, or age. She would have probably been a teenager at the birth of Jesus. Outside the accounts of the birth of Jesus that only occur in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, she is specifically mentioned at only three other events in the life of her son. One, she's present at a wedding where Jesus turns water into wine. Two, she makes an attempt to see her son while he is teaching. And three, she is there at his crucifixion. As Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, God does not always choose the exalted ones to help him accomplish his mission. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. You know, Mary was not chosen because of any grand deeds she may have done or any prayerful lobbying she may have done. 
In this next verse of God's Word, Jesus is addressing his 12 disciples and letting them know what their role will be. Of note here is Peter's question. His question involves the entire group of disciples. It's not just about himself. This reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 19, verses 27 through 28. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, as evidenced by our next reading, a couple of the disciples did not remember that Jesus just told them this, that they would be sitting on thrones. Or possibly they did remember, but perhaps maybe they wanted to be the ones that were seated right next to him. One on the right, one on the left. Bottom line is, they and their mother wanted to show Jesus, they wanted Jesus to show them favoritism. The, the dispute is about honor and the status that derives from it. What the mother of James and John did would have been in line with the honor-shame society that was part of their culture. Predictably, she, predictably, the Mediterranean mother of James and John brings them before Jesus and asks that they be honored above the rest of the core group. Mediterranean mothers typically seek status through their sons. Now, it's worth noting that the book of Matthew states that the mother of James and John asked Jesus for a special privilege, while the book of Mark declares that James and John actually asked for this honor. You know, you could say that is contradictory, but I would characterize it as complimentary. What if James and John did make this request to Jesus and returned, told their mom about it, and then perhaps she thought, Hmm, maybe he'll listen to me, or maybe they asked her to ask for them. Surely Jesus could not turn down someone's sweet mother. In our reading from Matthew, we hear the request, the response, and the reaction. These words come from the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked him for a favor. What is it you want, he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. 
You know, the request for favoritism was met with a response from Jesus, as well as a negative reaction from the disciples. James and John wanted special honor. Their mom wanted status. The disciples wanted to cross the board fairness, and Jesus wanted them to understand they needed to let God be God. He let them know in no uncertain terms that he came to serve, not to be served. Let us pray. Almighty God of wisdom and mercy, you know what is good for each and every one of us. And through the life, death, and resurrection of your son, Jesus, you show us that individual favoritism is not part of your plan. With the help of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you would guide us and lead us to be servants of others instead of serving ourselves. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.